Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. You've said repeatedly that there is no threat, that this is an inter- a platform for entertainment and for fun. I have to ask you then, if there is no threat to Americans, if there is no threat to our data, privacy, security, why did an internal memo from TikTok corporate headquarters explicitly coach senior management to, quote, downplay the parent company ByteDance? Why would they say downplay the China Association and downplay AI? This is from an internal memo from your company. Why, if you had nothing to hide, would you need to downplay the association with ByteDance in China? Congressman, I have not seen this memo. You can't answer that question. Mr. Sho, I'd like to direct your attention to the screen for a short video, if you don't mind. Oh, good Lord. Did it get downright brutal in the House Commerce Committee hearing with the CEO of ByteDance. I'm sorry, the CEO of TikTok owned by ByteDance. This this Chinese company. And he starts by saying, we aren't controlled by China. Well, of course you're controlled by China. This is not a debate. We're not, we're not going to agree to disagree. You're controlled by the Communist Party. Everybody knows this, and anybody who says otherwise is nuts. Completely and totally nuts. The hearing has been Amazing. We actually had a guy on the inside, Jake Denton. I caught up with him earlier as the hearing had just started from the Heritage Foundation. So we'll, we'll I'll share that with you coming up. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY-833-468-8669. Is it going to be a sale of TikTok? Is it going to be a ban overall? Man, there's a, there's a lot here. But what we're going to get into, the, the, the woman that you heard was Representative Kat Kamek of Florida. Oh, do I like me some Kat Kamek. Do I like me some Kat Kamek. Now, what she's going to play, do me a favor. I didn't get to, to uh, check this. I don't think there's any language here. But Kylan Kylan's working uh, the board today. Finger on the dump button. Let's listen to this video that Representative Kamek played for the CEO of TikTok, which, of course, is uh, the online uh, social media platform. You put up short videos and everything else and how this uh, platform is utilized against Americans and how data is scraped and taken by the Chinese being the story. Listen. What the video is showing is a firearm. It's a gun firing. It's but it's like almost in a cartoon form and and then it's kind of like how the the gun is put together. So there it is. And rounds are flying out of it. Mr. Show that video was posted 41 days ago as you can see it is captioned me as F at the House Energy and Commerce Committee on March 23rd of this year. This video was posted before this hearing was publicly noticed. I think that's a very interesting point to raise. But more concerning is the fact that it names this chairwoman by name. Your own community guidelines state 
that you have a firm stance against enabling violence on or off TikTok. We do not allow people to use our platform to threaten or incite violence or to promote violent extremist organizations, individuals, or acts. When there is a threat to public safety or an account is used to promote or glorify off-platform violence, we ban the account. This video has been up for 41 days. It is a direct threat to the chairwoman of this committee, the people in this room, and yet it still remains on the platform. And you expect us to believe that you are capable of maintaining the data security, privacy and security of 150 million Americans where you can't even protect the people in this room? I think that is a blatant display of how vulnerable people who use TikTok are. The chairwoman, uh, McMorris Rogers, is that who it is? Uh, that, that's who uh, Representative Kamek is referring to. And if you had a video naming the chairwoman of this committee that TikTok was going to be in front of by name, and you're showing this almost cartoon-esque uh, firearm uh, um, sending out round after round, of course it can be seen as a threat. This all boils down into a conversation of whether or not you have any faith in TikTok at all. No, nope. sorry. I said TikTok, the Communist Chinese Party. Do you have any faith in the Communist Chinese Party at all? And I would say to you without any hesitation that absolutely no one should have faith in the Communist Chinese Party at all. Enter Representative Jamal Bowman of New York Who's like, oh, they want to get rid of TikTok. That's just because Republicans aren't cool. You know, Robert, I just realized something. Republicans ain't got no swag. That's why they want to ban, ban TikTok. <laughs> Republicans ain't got no swag. That's the problem. And I mentioned that in the context of engaging young people in the democratic process. Swag, swagger. That, that's it. That's why Republicans want to get rid of TikTok. This man is standing behind a sign that says, keep TikTok. Now, I'm going to share with you, so much got said. I've been going through it. Man, there are a good number of Democrats who totally get the problem here. They see the issue. Bowman's just not one of those people. He doesn't even come close to understanding the problem. It's also a place where 5 million small businesses are selling their products and services and making a living. Making a living in a at a time where our economy is struggling in so many ways. So we're talking about free speech for everyday Americans. We're talking about small business owners who use TikTok to grow their business. And my question is, and we're going to pivot to the other part of the conversation, why the hysteria and the panic and the targeting of TikTok? As we know, Republicans in particular have been sounding the alarm, creating a red scare around China. They've been doing it in a variety of ways when it comes to economic competition, when it comes to semiconductor manufacturing, and when it comes to technology. 
Now, I always knew that Jamal Bowman was a progressive. I didn't know he was a useful idiot. I didn't know that he was a mouthpiece for the Communist Chinese Party. We're sounding the alarm. It's a red scare. Good Lord, who hell, who in the bloody hell put you in Congress? You know how embarrassing you sound? If I were to look behind you, will I see Xi Jinping's hand straight up your, you know what, mouthing the words for you? Good gosh. Recognizing the threat of the Chinese is not a red scare. Recognizing the imprisonment and the torture of the Uyghur Muslims is not the red is not a red scare. Recognizing what has happened to the Hong Kongers is not a red scare. <laughs> Recognizing the spy balloon is not a red scare. In terms of TikTok's behavior and its and its risk to national security. It poses about the same threat that companies like Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and Twitter pose. Now, now we're just getting into some weirdo stuff. But I did pose that exact question to Jake Denton of the Heritage Foundation, who does tech policy, who was actually there at the hearing. And and I'll share with you what he had to say uh, coming up in a little bit. Our conversation here about TikTok should not happen in a vacuum. People make millions, millions with TikTok. Or they make hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands or fives of thousands, they have businesses, uh, they have their their entire media apparatus, they have advertising, all of it. It's all there. And what we are suggesting when we have the conversation about a ban, and I'm talking about not just a ban off of of uh, phones uh, that are controlled by the U.S. government or paid for by the U.S. government or involved in U.S. government work. We're talking about not available in the United States. The app would cease working. You're talking about people losing out on millions. That's what you're talking about. That should not be taken lightly. It should not be done without recognition of those people. I feel awful for those people. Terrible. I can't describe it enough. I can't. It's just the worst. But. I'm constantly at the but. It is awful. But. What are we to do? Because as we will engage, we're talking about, in many ways, more than just the idea of the data that China gets. There is a conversation about the data China pushes. I thought it was interesting that somebody noted that they learned that TikTok's algorithms operate differently in China. The 
algorithms in China prioritize educational videos and they limit screen time. What we get in the United States, as those of you who have kids will note, is something very different. So, one could ask the question, why is it in China it's prioritized one way and in the United States another? And would we consider what happens in China healthy or unhealthy? And would we consider what happens in the United States healthy or unhealthy? And if you were to get to the place that what happens in China in terms of the regulation of the, of the data and what is pushed healthy and what is pushed in the United States and regulated in the United States is unhealthy, you might dare ask the question why? you might dare ask why that is. And then you would have to go back to how this whole hearing started and hear the CEO of TikTok make this claim. Let me start by addressing a few misconceptions about ByteDance, of which we are a subsidiary. ByteDance is not owned or controlled by the Chinese government. Who believes that? Who believes that ByteDance is not owned or controlled by the Chinese government? It's the Communist Party. They control everything. Anyone who says otherwise is a complete and total worthless, awful, disgusting, jerk-faced liar. F these people. Just so we understand each other. So we don't have to debate these people. You should know, anybody who says the Communist Party doesn't have a foothold in every Chinese business in China is lying. Once you know that they're lying, you don't have to pay them any attention. So I know a lot of different people listen to this show. So for the um, democratic socialists who are communists and all the commie freaks who, who listen and are looking for a way to get angry with me, Nobody will ever believe you when you say China doesn't control these companies. The Communist Party controls everything. Isn't that actually what communism is? Do we have to look it up? The definition of communism? I mean, it's, it's, it's not that difficult. A system in which goods are owned in common and are available to all is needed. A theory advocating elimination of private property. A totalitarian system of government in which a single authoritarian party controls state-owned means of production. Why do you think they call it state-run capitalism? Which is, of course, not capitalism. Because anytime you have a descriptor for capitalism, you're talking about a bastardization of capitalism and therefore not capitalism. Late-stage capitalism. Oh, shut your faces. Late-stage capitalism. You people are ridiculous. Everything in China is controlled by the Communist Party. To say ByteDance isn't is a lie. This is how the guy started his testimony. Game over. But now what do you do? And that requires a little more thought and a little more caring. I'll get into my conversation with Jake Denton of the Heritage Foundation coming up in just a bit. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Found me a genie. He said you only get one wish. If I only got one, I want it just like this. Your baby just like this. Your baby just like this. Dow is up over 300. Nasdaq is up 230. 
Then there's this. So Jack Dorsey, the guy who owned Twitter or started Twitter, of course he does a lot of things and Stripe and, and, and I mean, he makes money. Well, he is getting punched in the face. He's got uh, his uh, group called Block, and the shares are down 19% because there's a group called Hindenburg Research, which is uh, ad- admittedly a terrible name. Hindenburg Research? Now, Heisenberg Research, you do a whole Walter White thing. That would be awesome. They are announcing that they're shorting Block because Block allows criminal activity, this is how it's reported, to operate with lax controls and highly inflates the cash app's transacting user base. That's rough. Yeah, we think, I mean, the translation is, we think Jack Dorsey is full of crap and we think his whole stock isn't worth a good holy damn. I mean, that's that's brutal. They say they did a two-year investigation, spoke with multiple former employees, describing how internal concerns were suppressed, user concerns were ignored, and even as alleged, quote, criminal activity and fraud ran rampant on its platform. Now, you could say to me, all right, well, that's just some people making an allegation. Isn't this exactly what we heard about Twitter? Oh, Have we run into a trend regarding Jack Dorsey companies? Now, I should be clear, all this is alleged. He's innocent until proven guilty. I am not accusing Jack Dorsey of of engaging in any criminal activity. Please, lawyers, don't bother me. That said, uh, it should be known that my family has long been in the merchant services industry, and if you need any help, uh, just reach out to me, and I'll connect you. Be happy to do it. You see what I did there, Kylan? You see how I put that I put that together right there? Protected us legally, came out with an opportunity. That's that's how you do it. That's how the professionals do it, Kylan. That's world class. That's why we're Marconi nominated. That's don't remind me about not winning. <laughs> don't remind me the savagery. The savagery. I don't, by the way, I don't even know how we got nominated. Like I don't still I still don't know. Was it the, was it the company who did it, or I, I don't know. You know, we'll we'll see what happens next time. I mean, I'm not going to put us in, but maybe somebody else will. Uh, So this is going to be pretty interesting. Block is formerly known as Square, right? Um, So that that's it's the same company. Just so everyone's clear, I think that's really interesting. I think it's interesting because it's now the second time, in a very large scale way, the way Jack Dorsey does business is taking a hit. I mean, taking a real, real punch. I'm curious as to what the reaction is going to be. I mean, the market isn't reacting. As as I said, uh, you know, the Dow is is up 370. NASDAQ is up 241. I think that's interesting. Very interesting. What's going on on the Hill with TikTok? Jake Denton of the Heritage Foundation is there. He has the latest for us. So as we know, there's going to be testimony on the Hill today. 
in the House of Representatives. It's the Commerce Committee, and this is about TikTok. Tony Katz, Tony Katz, today, it's good to be with you. TikTok, the app that your kids use, the app that you may use, people are making crazy money on TikTok, but it's owned by a company called ByteDance, and that company is with China. So is TikTok a threat to national security considering how many phones that it's on, how many users that it has, and the amount of information it can scrape on a daily basis? This is a conversation not about trying to put people out of business, but whether or not we can actually trust TikTok themselves. Jake Denton joins me right now, research associate in the Tech Policy Center at the Heritage Foundation, D-E-N-T-O-N. Actually, on the Hill, I was able to catch up with Jake before the hearings uh, began. And this, what we're hearing and what we're going to be hearing from the CEO of TikTok, what is TikTok's position and what will be the Commerce Committee's position? Yeah, so I actually just stepped out of the line to give you this call. But, uh, you know, it's a huge turnout. TikTok flew in all sorts of influencers, you know, users of the application to come and demonstrate in favor of TikTok. And so we at the Heritage Foundation assembled, you know, a counter group. We're all wearing banned TikTok shirts and we're in the hearing room as well. Um, but, you know, really what this all boils down to is the American people and our lawmakers are well aware that this is a preeminent threat to our national security and the minds of our children. And, you know, frankly, TikTok has not done enough to answer the, the outstanding questions that we have on the control from the CCP, uh, the, the access that China has to our user data, and the types of content that they're pushing on us. And so the Commerce Committee today is basically giving them one last shot. They can answer these questions, or it seems like we're going to move forward with this ban, which is absolutely what needs to be done. Let's start with a, a, a baseline here. What is the question that the TikTok CEO uh, won't answer. Yeah, so, you know, all of this stems around their relationship with the Chinese Communist Party, right? ByteDance is a China-based company, and they prop up, you know, TikTok in the United States as a standalone entity, but it couldn't be further from the truth. Just because they have a headquarters in Los Angeles um, does not mean that they're answering to, you know, executives in L.A. They're actually still taking orders from Beijing. And I think we've seen this play out through various reports from Forbes and other outlets uh, that basically highlight internal conversations in Beijing uh, talking about how they have access to American data. And so every time they get behind the uh, you know, podium, give a press conference, they lie to us. They tell us that that isn't true. And so this is one chance for the TikTok CEO to be under oath and clarify this issue, give us you know, some form of uh, certainty whether or not they actually are accessing user data. Um, if that answer is yes, uh, you know, obviously it's a ban. And if the answer is no, we still have to assume basically that they're lying to us because they've been lying to us for the last two years. Talking to Jake Denton of the Heritage Foundation Research Associate in the Tech Policy Center there on Capitol Hill for these TikTok hearings, assuming that they're lying to us is everything. And this, of course, is where politics comes into play because people on the political right truly understand the depths and depravity of communism. And on the political left, you have Congressman Jamal Bowman saying the problem is Republicans don't have any swag and that TikTok is no worse than Facebook or Twitter or or any others. Is Jamal Bowman right or wrong on that? Uh, well, you know, it couldn't be a, a more outrageous statement to give, uh, you know, as we approach this hearing date, probably the biggest spectacle of the year potentially, and one of the biggest national security threats we're facing. And for him to just gather around with a bunch of teenagers that TikTok's lobbyists have flown in from across the country 
and, you know, give that type of statement as, you know, his peers are trying to have like a, a legitimate conversation on the national security implications of this application, it's absolutely insane. Uh, you know, to go up there and just say we don't have any swag, uh, you know, these are elected officials who are trying to lead the country. Uh, they're not concerned about swag or, you know, a dancing application targeted towards children. Um, they're trying to, you know, protect us. And that's what this all comes down to. They're living on two different planets. He's more focused on being a celebrity. Uh, you know, our people are a little more focused on leading and protecting us. The By the way, when he says swag, he, I think he means swagger. I'm pretty sure that's what uh, Representative Jamal Bowman uh, means. The uh, I'm, I'm forgetting the name of the CEO of TikTok, and, and, and I apologize. But one of the things that he has stated is, look, I've already said that we can make this very, very palatable uh, for anybody who has an issue with our ownership, and we can keep all of the data on servers based out of Oracle. U.S. company, U.S. servers, and that will solve the problem. Does it solve the problem? No, and we've known this for quite some time. They've spent millions and millions of dollars lobbying us, trying to get us to believe in this really cleverly crafted uh, press statement that they've cra- you know, put out there um, that says uh, we'll have total security, China won't retain uh, access to the data. Uh, but it just is you know, to totally ignore the fundamental realities of China's, you know, presence here in the United States. Uh, with Huawei, they have, you know, supposedly a separate entity in the United States, but their agents are still sending things back. Just a couple of months ago, Merrick Garland hosted a press conference uh, indicting, you know, several Huawei agents for sending U.S. data back to China. And so to act as though there is no way for China to still harvest this data is comical. Um, it couldn't be further from the truth. And, you know, he can get up there and he can double down on this statement. But if that's their their path forward on this, they're, they've got to go for the ban. Now, this ban, we should never be so glib about it because the content creator, Jake, they've got a real argument. Hey, we didn't do anything wrong. I've got a, a user base of 840,000 people on here. I'm bringing in $32,000 a month or $3 million a year, whatever the case may be. We're talking about real numbers. And for small businesses, we're talking about a lifeline to their advertising. And here is a conversation about ending that. So is this about a, an outright ban on TikTok in the United States or is this about the concept of a forced sale and a true tearing apart, a tearing away from any connection to China? Well, the only solution here is an outright ban. A forced sale uh, basically continues to perpetuate the exact same security concerns that we currently have. And the reason that is, is this is not the playful application that it presents itself as. It's a wolf in sheep's clothing. It's a weapon. This isn't, you know, just because it has silly colors and people do funny dances doesn't mean this is a lighthearted application. The security implications are, you know, uh, just staggering. What they can actually accomplish with this app, you know, uh, that's supposedly just a a social media platform, uh, could legitimately destabilize us in a multitude of ways. And we can't allow for that to persist. We, you know, as a serious country, have to take action when we're presented with this type of information. Um, And that's what, you know, it looks like our lawmakers are intending to do here. And so, you know, settling at a forced sale, is a quasi-solution. We'll find ourselves two years down the road wishing we had taken yeah. the moment to actually go forward with the ban. Jake, I'm going to ask you now to give how that works. When you discuss this as a threat that isn't solved with just a sale, what is that threat? And then why is the threat not equalized by a Facebook or a Twitter, et cetera? So first, 
first off, the propaganda effort that they're they're launching here, it's all enabled by their algorithm. There's a unique type of uh, information that they have on each individual user, and they're able to cater messaging that uh, really can capture their, their free will and use it against them. They think they're in control, but they're really being pushed propaganda. That's a huge threat to our kids. Uh, they could grow up hating their country just because of this application feeding them content. And secondly, and you know, one of the ones that's most common here is the data concern. They're able to harvest all sorts of sensitive data that you maybe don't realize they're doing in the background. So your geolocation, your keystrokes. Um, if you use a password manager, uh, right, those depend all on clipboards. If you copy those passwords over, even if it's only running in the background, they have that data. You know, you could just uh, think you're logging into your bank account and be none the wiser, um, and now it's logged to your TikTok profile. Those are all things that are happening, and you know, our consumers are left incredibly vulnerable here, and our national security is left vulnerable. But I make the argument, I'm making their argument, right? I'm, I'm playing the devil's advocate here, that shouldn't a sale to Elon Musk solve that problem? Doesn't it solve the problem of being fed content that is meant to destabilize a nation or being able to steal uh, passwords, which, my God, Facebook is listening to you. So uh, uh, how, is it, how is it really and truly different, and why can't it just be in American hands and be fine? So this is a, force, or this is a foreign adversary, right? And in the instance of a forced sale, um, the U.S. company that acquires this would be taking over all of the IP, all of the code, everything, and the value of this application is the algorithm. It gives, you know, such a curated type of content stream. Um, and what that does is it enables China to continue to manipulate the algorithm. Because no company would buy this thing and then scrap the algorithm. That's where the, all of the value for this purchase comes from. And so looking at the horizon here, what does it mean for the U.S. company to own the app? Well, it means that essentially all of the same data will be collected. It'll just be stored on a U.S. company server. The exact same algorithmic vulnerabilities that we're facing today will persist. And, you know, at the end of the day, if we're just depending on a U.S. company putting up sufficient shields um, to, you know, block this when they're incentivized to maintain every aspect that we're concerned about based off their uh, market dominance, we're going to find ourselves in a very tricky situation where one of these U.S. companies is propping up another uh, Chinese tool. Before I let you go, and I know that you're you're up against it, you gotta get back into uh, all the hearings that have been going on today. When some U.S. company figures out that algorithm and makes their own with that algorithm, we should be opposed to that as well. So you know the the real concern here with this type of algorithm is the power that it gives to the foreign adversary, in this case China, um, and it's they're able to basically pump all sorts of content to our kids and we have no oversight over them because they're a Chinese company. We can't really do anything as, uh, you know, uh, in the sense of a lawmaker's uh, capacity. So, you know, Facebook, if they were to do this type of thing, we could pull them into a hearing. We could subpoena all sorts of information. There's no public disclosures from TikTok. The only reason we even know how many users they have is because they've come out and said it. Uh, Facebook, right, because they're a publicly traded company, has to report all these different things and we have a lot more power over them. Uh, but you're absolutely right when, you know, the, when we finish this TikTok battle, we need to have a very serious conversation about the future of social media and what it's doing to our kids, because this is just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, we're headed down a very dark path with these apps. Jake Denton from the Heritage Foundation, uh, heritage.org, research associate in the Tech Policy Center. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. There is much more to get to. I'm Tony Katz.
One of the things that was very important to me was that we conduct uh, an after-action review of the State Department's uh, role in execution of the uh, withdrawal from Afghanistan. Uh, and we uh, initiated that review. We brought in very experienced um, uh, people, uh, who had, including one of our most senior retired diplomats, uh, to conduct it. Uh, and um, condu they conducted uh, many, many uh, interviews, reviewed many, many documents, and uh, have produced a, uh, I think, important report uh, that looks at uh, what we did, uh, what we did right, what we did wrong and could do better. And other agencies, as you know, have been doing the same thing. Uh, we've now been spending time putting all of this together uh, to make sure that there, uh, we look at the, some of the common lessons learned, especially where there are, there's overlaps. And I am uh, committed and determined to make that information available uh, to, uh, to Congress. I'm sure you are, Secretary Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State. I'm sure you are really committed to making that available to Congress. I have no doubt. Are you going to admit that you murdered 13 American service members? Or is it assassinated? I think there's actually a, or is it killed? There's like different terminology means different things. Some people have written to me about it and say, hey, you got to say it this way, not that way. And forgive me, I, I've forgotten. But I haven't forgotten those 13. I haven't forgotten the botched withdrawal from Afghanistan. I haven't forgotten that we left allies to die. We left Afghans who helped us to die. I haven't forgotten the billion dollars of hardware that we left behind to be given or sold to the Chinese or to the Russians to possibly, and most definitely, I should say, be used against us. Oh, trust me when I say I haven't forgotten but thank goodness Anthony Blinken is going to get a report to Congress and he's going to be very happy to share it my gosh we're in good hands everybody <sighs> Tony Katz Tony Katz today guys good to be with you what's going down I this was the end of his testimony I think it was yesterday uh, that that he was uh, giving and I'm just it was a review of the 2024 fiscal budget and talking about uh, how good Biden's budget is. It's not, of course. And of course, Biden's budget isn't going to go uh, anywhere. Nobody ex expects it to. But I just found that whole statement. We're going to have an after-action report. Uh, how many? Uh, well over a year later, 13 dead later, all those Afghans we screwed over later. Good Lord. Thank goodness they're, 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 they're on top of it with an after-action report. And then, of course, we're talking about uh, the TikTok stuff that really is dominating the day. And some members of Congress have just been unbelievable in, in, in their discussions and their frankness regarding this, including Democrats. This is Anna Eshoo of California. How does TikTok, rather, how do you convince... Uh, the Congress of the United States, that there can be a clean break. Uh, why would the Chinese government sidestep uh, their uh, national law, including Article 7, Article 10, um, uh, in terms of user data? Congressman, th thank you for the question. I'm glad you asked this. As I said in the opening statement, our plan is to move American data to be stored on American soil I by the American that. company. I understand that, but, uh, uh, but you're sidestepping, or I haven't read anything uh, in terms of uh, TikTok, 
how you can actually say, and you spoke in your opening statement about a firewall relative to the data. But the Chinese government has that data. How can you promise that that will move into the United States of America and be protected here? That is incredible. Am I seeing both sides of the aisle recognize the threat that is China? Because that's a solid question. How are you going to guarantee this? How is China going against their own self-interest and their own laws, bringing up articles regarding their quote-unquote constitution? Let's hear his answer, the CEO of TikTok. Congressman, I have seen no evidence that the Chinese government has access to that data. They have never asked us. We have not provided. Well, you know what? I, have I, asked find, that that, I find that actually preposterous. I have uh, looked in, I have seen no evidence of this happening. Mm. And in order to assure everybody here and all our users, our commitment is to move the data into the United States to be stored on American soil by an American company, overseen by American personnel. Man, they keep saying it, but no one believes them. I find that preposterous. That is absolutely the correct answer from the Democrat representative. Oh, cheer it. Cheer it. It's the right thing to say because it's the right mindset. Of course, it's a lie. The CEO of TikTok is lying out his you know what. Everybody knows it, including him. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today.